Hello and welcome to the Dogs Code podcast. It's a show about dachshunds, their quirky ways and some golden nuggets for owners. Along the way I'll be sharing my experience as well. So I'm your host Katie Saywell. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, uh, welcome to this uh, special edition of the Dogs Code podcast. Today we have got a special guest, Debbie Lucan, from Kids Around Dogs. So Debbie, if you'd like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you, that'd be great. Uh, Yes, thank you. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me here. I can't wait to to chat to you, Katie. You're welcome. Um, So yes, I am the founder of Kids Around Dogs. And uh, for those of you who don't know what Kids Around Dogs is, Uh, We are an association of professionals and we specialize in working with families and schools um, to help children and dogs to live happily and safely together. Um, We are mostly dog trainers, we are also uh, behaviorists, groomers, uh, vet vet nurses um, and some teachers as well. Uh, Personally, I am a, a dog behaviorist and a dog trainer. And I'm part of a few uh, associations in the dog world, such as uh, Into Dogs, I Can, um, the Pet Behavioral Guild, the Pet, uh, Pet Professional Network. So quite a few, <laughs> quite a few associations. And uh, um, I live in Dorset, in the south of England, uh, and I have uh, two doggies. One is my pug Wilco, who is um, eight and a half now. And a bit of a grumpy old man, <laughs> in a way. Um, and uh, Winnie, my good retriever, she's she's probably the most famous one <laughs> because she's uh, um, she helps children who are scared of dogs. She uh, helps uh, uh, puppies to, uh, to just kind of learn a little bit about body language and about being a happy puppy. So she's she, she's featured very heavily on my on our website or our pages and that um and she's five years old and we have a cat mario and uh, he's one and i have uh, my husband have a, have a, a a lovely in bracket little girl <laughs> who's not that little molly she's uh, 11 uh, she's a preteen so one day she's wonderful <laughs> and the next day you just don't know <laughs> you just throw chocolate at her and hope for the best <laughs> Wow, that's a that's a great intro. So, you, where where did the business start? So, kids around dogs is pretty specific. How did it all start for you? Uh, so, as mentioned, we have uh, you know there is Molly in our life, and uh, um, I qualified as a dog trainer and then as a behaviorist. And the more I um, Molly was inviting her friends over, and they were friends that weren't kind of chosen by by us parents anymore because she started growing up a little bit she started making friends at at preschool and stuff so it wasn't like someone that we knew directly maybe the children of friends and such they were effectively people that she had chosen small people she had chosen so they would come to the house and I could see um, very polar opposite kind of kids you'd have the ones that were very very scared of our own dogs um, and they might be excited about coming over, even though they knew we had dogs, but then confronted with the dogs here, we're terrified. 
Um, and then you have the complete opposite where you see a dog and they think, oh, it's party time and, you know, uh, be a bit too uh, lively or too confident, if you like, around, around our dog. And uh, so I started looking into um, maybe other association and other colleagues to see if others were having the same problem. You know, I was I was uh, uh, facing in a way, and uh, um, what kind of uh, associations were in the UK to help other professionals to you know to maybe come across family like this where we can help. And there was nothing. There was nothing in the UK of this kind. Really, beginning was about sharing my knowledge, but then I, I realized that actually, as a as a person, you can only know so much, can you? Mm-hmm. And uh, it really does take a village. So um, every month, the Kadapu professionals learn from different professionals in their field and all things related to what we do. So kids and dogs, for instance, children can be involved with mm-hmm. dogs. Absolutely. And I'm a big advocate on that. I really do believe the kids need to be involved with the dogs. Um, I find it quite unrealistic to expect the children to go, yeah, that's your dog, but you never touch it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, you can see pictures of him. <laughs> You're never going to get them. So, you know, it's, it's unrealistic. But instead, we can uh, teach the children how to be involved with the dogs in a way that doesn't um, force the dog into anything, that doesn't upset the dog. And if the dog is upset, again, we discuss them body language and oh, look, the dog has done that thing. And we know that is a sign that the dog is not happy. Let's give him some face or let's stop doing what we're doing and let's do something else instead. Um, so there are so many, yes, so many lovely activities um, or relaxing things that we can do with and around our dogs. Uh, and that can give us a very happy life with our dogs. Um, hopefully a very happy life for the dogs as well and the safe one too. So that's how it, it <laughs> long, long story short, but that's how we started. I could see uh, children not really knowing what to do, parents also obviously not knowing what to do. And um, and so then Kids Around Dog was born with the with this in mind. Good stuff. I mean, it's uh, fantastic. And, and and like you say, you, you get some, some kids that are super confident around dogs and maybe a little too confident around them. And then others that are terrified of them. So actually, you're kind of bridging that gap and going, right, OK, well, this is what we can do here and this is what we can do here. And actually finding that that nice bit. Yeah, fantastic business. So if I was to bring a dog into my house with, say, a five year old, what would be some of the advice that you would give um, to keep both safe? So so for the child and, and for the adult and for the dog as well, actually. So all three. Yeah. You know, five years old, it's, it's funny you, you mentioned such age because it, it, they're great fun. Um, they have the ability to start understanding things quite nicely. You know, they're already a school age, so they're starting to learn about listening to the grown-ups, even the grown-ups that are not their grown-ups, you know, um, and they're starting to understand about rules and things like this, but they're also starting to understand themselves and they start to discover uh, their likes, their favorite color, you know, all that kind of stuff that seems uh, silly in a way, but actually the fact that they have chosen, oh, my favorite color is, uh, I don't know, purple, which is mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's their choice, isn't it? They have analyzed the colors around and they've decided, oh, this this is what makes me happy. So this is my favorite color. And that is part of 
of growing up start making decisions, starting to understand who they are. So um, it's you know it's a fabulous age. Uh, on the other hand, though, they're very generally speaking very lively, and they are still quite little, so they still have uh, all the needs that the uh, the little kids have. So the first thing, and that is to be fair with any age, make sure that your house is you know baby proof and puppy proof as such. So stairgate, uh, playpen. Uh, in some cases, crates as well. I don't always recommend crates. It depends. Um, for instance, with a child who's five, if you'd have a crate, the risk that you might have is that the child knows the dog is in the crate. So as a grown-up, as a parent, you go, all right, the dog is in there. It's fine. I can leave them for a bit because the dog is in there. So the child might go up to the crate and a child at five is, you know, is taller than a crate and would be towering over it. Mm -hmm. It's not very nice for the dog. The dog is inside, he's trapped, you know, he's in a crate, can't go anywhere. But the child can tower over the dog, which is not very nice. Might put little fingers in there and if the dog feels stuck, you know, things can still happen. So even with a crate, you still need to supervise, yeah? Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, make sure that around the house there are, you know, uh, things that can help to keep your dog and your child um, away from each other a bit. They don't always have to spend all their time together. They do need to have time apart mm -hmm. um, for the dog to rest, to maybe munch on a Kong or a bone or whatever, and to take a nap away from the child. And from the child as well, to have some uh, uh, cuddle time without the dog or to maybe do some reading with you or playing Lego, you know, or whatever other activity mm -hmm. that maybe having the dog around can be tricky to do. And again, super supervision is super important. And when I talk about supervision, I talk about active supervision. Mm -hmm. That means that if you're looking at your phone, you're not actively supervising. And if you are watching TV, you're not actively supervising. Um, so active supervision means that you are, you know, phone technology away, you are physically and mentally present with your child and the dog. So you might be holding the child and talking to the child and talking to the dog, but you're not on the phone, you're not watching TV, you're not listening to the radio, you're not talking to a friend who's visiting, because all those things distract you from what's around you. Cooking, cooking is also a distraction. Going to the toilet is certainly a distraction. <laughs> so if you need to read the room, say, yeah, you are having a lovely uh, supervised, uh, actively supervised um, time with your children, your dog, fantastic. Um, and the doorbell rings, take the child with you or take the dog with you, whichever you want, <laughs> and go and open the door. Don't leave them thinking, oh, it's only going to be a minute, mm -hmm. right? Because it does take a minute. And we just don't know what if the child goes and even just accidentally step on the tail of the dog, for example, or throw something at the dog or um, pulls the fur, whatever it can be. Because even a five, even if you think, oh, a five, they know better, sometimes they forget themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not because they're bad children or anything like that, because there is no such thing, but in my opinion, anyway. But um, literally, it's they are growing up. They are 
their body is still developing, their mind is still developing, and they might just think, what happens if I throw this, this ball at the dog, or if I throw the piece of Lego, if I throw the, the doll, whatever, at the dog, what happens? Mommy always says not to do it, and she's normally here, so I can't do it. But I'm left, even for a minute, let me try, <laughs> right? Let's see what happens. <laughs> I'm curious, I wanna know. So I'm gonna chuck the, the Lego, whatever it is, at the dog. And, you know, there might be the dog that just turn around and go, what are you doing, man? And go back to whatever it is what he was doing. But there might be the dog that is hurt because you chucked a bit of Lego at him and might turn on the, on the child. We can't take that risk. Mm -hmm. Even if you love your dog dearly and you think my dog would never, is that um, kind of a, a romanticized a, 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 a torch that your dog would never do anything that might, you know, that might make you relax a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, I really talk for my own dogs as well. I love them mm -hmm. so, so dearly. And uh, I, I think especially Winnie because she works with children you know, I, I feel she has, she's a bit more my, um, my I love Will Coswell and Mario the Cat, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Winnie, because she works with me so much, it, it, there is a, a, a stronger bond. And I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that, that there is a stronger bond between us. But even Winnie, uh, when Molly was younger, I wouldn't have left them together I'm attended. I wouldn't have gone, oh, I'm going to go make myself a cup of tea. You guys would be fine because you can never be certain. Yeah. And I couldn't trust my daughter either. You know, it's nothing to do with the, with the dog. And sometimes you go, mm, can I trust you not to be absolutely insane? No, I can't. <laughs> sure. And, and I think like, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of it, um, what you're saying there is about the complacence as well. So people become complacent because they, they, you know there's something's going off the household environment is happening and you leave the room you leave them both in there and something happens um and you're not there to actually know what's happened either and until exactly. you then walk into the aftermath or whatever has happened um but yeah no really great great explanation there as well for for kind of a five-year-old so so taking it all the way back so well, you've spoke there around kind of stair gates and supervision, active supervision as well. I like that, the, the active, like not playing on your phone, not watching the telly, not cooking yeah. the dinner, actually being being there, present at that moment. Um, so it sounds like there's a lot of the responsibilities down to the to the owner, so the adult within the, the, the family to actually create that dynamic and create that setup with, you know, pens, crates, stair gates, and actually the supervision as well. So what about if it was a, a baby? So what about you've got a, a newborn baby that's just been born into the family and either a dog that already lives there or a dog that's been introduced in? How would, how would that differ from a five-year-old? So first of all, I would still use stair gates and things like this, you know, just literally from even before day one, you know what I mean? Have the house ready for when the baby comes or when the dog comes, you know, if uh, if he's introduced after the baby's there, those things are are so helpful, and it can make you take that you know that breather. You go, oh, okay, the stargate is closed. When it comes to a baby as well, sometimes we we feel like oh the baby's asleep, so he can't do anything to the dog because he's asleep. I'll be you know it'd be fine. 
maybe I'll just close the stair gate and that's it. But sometimes it might not be enough, especially if you have a fancy dog or a, or a bigger dog. So completely separating maybe by a door would be even better. Um, and the other thing as well, um, I would say, especially if you if you're worried that you might not always be able to supervise, which is very likely because you're tired. Uh, and if you had, whether it's a natural birth or a C-section, you know, you are the biological mother, you went through something massive, your body mm -hmm. went through something massive, not only, you know, physically, but emotionally as well. So I remember when I had my baby, I, I just cried. I would watch advert on TV and I would cry. Yeah, I was like, I was a mess, I tell you. I was a mess. So I think, oh gosh, yeah, there was a Google advert at the time. It was talking about writing email today for your child when he's older, and that would get me every single like I would see the Google's uh, logo and I would just start crying. It was, you know, it was completely emotionally a mess, and obviously physically as well. And they change because you're not sleeping or, or very little. Um, you, you might be breastfeeding. So again, that's a massive, there's so much that, that uh, changes into a family life and the dynamic, it's absolutely massive. So you really need to make sure that, that your child and your dog are, when there is that time apart, are really are apart. Um, you can start by preparing the dog as well. Um, one thing you should really prepare the dog is for the noises that a baby makes because they're very weird. They're so, when they're like, the Google Gaga is super like, oh my gosh, the cutest thing in the whole world. Oh, such a cute noise. But when the little bundle of joys cries, it just, like, you can feel it through your skin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's literally like in your bones, this, this screaming uh, cries and that. And I can only imagine how annoying and confusing it must be for a dog. So the dog might want to just make it stop. How do I make it stop? I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they might think this thing is so annoying. This horrible noise is coming from the child. I'm going to take care of it. You know, I don't know what it is. I'll take care of it. So you can really start with noises uh, and get your dog getting used to that. Just to go on YouTube and um, type in baby crying or baby uh, noises and, and that. And you'll find quite a few um, free sources and videos with the sound of babies crying and all that. And, uh, and get your dog used to that noise lovingly. So lots of love, lots of treats and um, calming, calming behavior. You can even have um, a kind of default of the dog being, for instance, on a bed or on a mat during those noises. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't play those noises and then start going nuts on the dog and playing around and, you know, ruffle and tumble on, on the floor when those noises are happening because he said I want the dog to be calm. When the baby's real and he comes out <laughs> and the baby's crying, I don't have time to go and play with my dog. I need to go and make sure that the dog, the baby's okay. Mm -hmm. the, dog is, um, the, the baby is fed, the baby needs changing. Wherever it is, that would mean I can't look at the dog now. Mm -hmm. I need to go to the baby. And you will want to as well, instinctively, like you literally feel it in, in your body that you have to go to your baby. Mm -hmm. So you go to the baby and you can't go and play with the dog at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if you start before, 
to make uh, the dog understand that there is an association, but we cry, all right, I'll, uh, I'll just uh, take a nap then, <laughs> lucky you. <laughs> so when the baby is real and is out there, baby cries, all right, I'll, uh, you know, I'm going to look after the baby, the dog is going to be okay, I've prepared them for that. One thing that we need to be mindful of as well, though, is that um, uh, the dog, if was there before, he lived within the family in a calming environment. When, uh, the, when they were under screaming, if it's the first baby, when um, you could sit and just watch TV or read a book or whatever without any stress, when you were physically okay and emotionally okay. And then the baby comes and all those things change, change mm -hmm. entirely. Nights becomes days, especially at the beginning. It's a massive change in, in, a, in a human's life. Uh, and again, the dog will just follow and go, wow, what's going on? This is not the life I am used to anymore. And I, I'm not sure I can keep up. I'm not sure I like this. So if you can, watch your dog. Does, is he eating okay? Is he sleeping okay? You know, keep an eye on his health or her health as well, because there might be changes. Mm -hmm. And you're so busy with your baby, you might forget to keep an eye on your dog. And if you think that you won't be able to, or you're, you know, sleeping, you go, ah, I'm not looking after my dog that well at the moment, ask for help. There are dog walkers, uh, there are uh, daycare, um, dog boarding, ask your family for help, your friends, your neighbors. You know, don't, I always think, because I, I, I don't like asking for help. But sometimes you, you need to, you need to, you can't do it on your own. So swallow your pride in a way, be prepared to buy some box of chocolate for everyone and just, you know, ask, ask for that help. Mm -hmm. um, that way, you know, the dog walker could take the dog for a nice walk when you don't have the time because maybe the baby's down now and you could take a nap yourself mm -hmm. or just clean those dishes, you know, whatever. So you don't have to worry about the dog. But say that you do want to have that, walk with your dog that you love so much, then ask someone to look after the baby for an hour or two or whatever. You know, you'd be surprised of how many people be like, I look after your baby. Oh my gosh, a bundle of cuteness. And I can give it back after, you know? <laughs> I don't get to keep this thing. <laughs> you can give it back. It's, oh, I, you know, I, I, I'm personal as well. I love when someone says, oh, I can uh, keep you look after. Yeah. I give your baby a cuddle, or I give your dog a walk, or I give you, it's, it's fine, isn't it? You'd be surprised just how much uh, people want to help you, especially if they're friends and family, they love you, so they want to help. Um, and uh, you might have that friend that is terrible with kids, so you might ask that friend to help you with the dog, <laughs> you know, or maybe you have that, that family member that never was never that keen on the dog. Here you go, then can you help me with the baby? Don't get really, don't be afraid of asking for help. Sure, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, so again, so you've got around the kind of the, the protecting with the, the stair gates and the crate and the, the, the playpen, but also like, like pairing something like the sound of the baby's crying using YouTube, getting a free resource off there. But pairing that with something calm, so don't have the rough and tumble. You don't want that rough and tumble because then they're going to expect that when the baby's there and the sound of that baby crying for you to then that's almost their cue for them to come and play with you, isn't it? Rather than yeah. 
going and settling down. So yeah, and I really like that really great bit of info there as well, um, especially for our listeners, because most of them are going to be owners that are listening opposed to kind of the business side. So um, and also that that supervision, but also asking asking for support because yeah, people yeah. phone and and you know it is like you say it's emotional. It's not just emotional physically, but mentally you're going to be tired on top of that. You might be one or the other going to work. You might be on your own, whatever whatever your setup is. But actually, you, you know you are going to have somebody around you that will help and that will help to support you, whether that's with your dog or or with your baby, um, or or maybe just a shoulder for you to just cry on to for half an hour. Oh, absolutely so, you know sometimes a good cry and you know like I said after I had my after I had my daughter I was very good at crying still very good I really you know I perfected this thing so well <laughs> but the, the, the thing is well on a relationship with your partner if you have a partner when when the baby comes I remember when you know my husband and I have been together almost 20 years um still very very happy and everything but when Molly arrived because he he couldn't you know he couldn't breastfeed the baby could he and she was better with me than with him and he was working during the day um because someone had to (laughs) and I couldn't obviously I was I was with our daughter we don't have family um immediate family here um so it was you know it was difficult Mm. I felt very very much alone in a lot of the time a lot of the times and it wasn't his fault obviously um and I was grateful that he could still be working and he could still you know every now and then help out and I'm sure that he he felt sometimes so I wish I could you know I could go for a walk now with the baby with Molly rather than be working or taking the dog out he was brilliant with the dog actually helped a lot a lot with the dog relied on my neighbor had a neighbor when um and when I uh towards the end of my pregnancy my mom came over from Switzerland uh, the dog with uh, Pixel at the time went to our neighbor simply because I knew that my mom could not quite cope with the dog on her own. And uh, um, this lovely neighbor we had at the time, Lindsay, she she was lovely. She had dogs herself. I asked her, you know, I'm due around this time. Would you be able to take uh, Pixel when the time comes? She came over to the house. My mother let her in, let her take the dog and everything. And so I knew Pixel was fine, mm-hmm. and all I had to worry about <laughs> was, uh, you know, making sure that I delivered this baby all right. <laughs> mm, delivering the baby, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, but the fact that he was, uh, that he was okay, and I knew, I knew Lindsay, I knew the lady, I knew the house. I just, uh, it was such a, a big, big thing taken off my shoulders, you know. The fact that Pixel was okay, my mom was okay, everyone was going to be fine, basically, was so, so reassuring. I can't even tell you. Yeah, it was massive help. And that's obviously come down to your preparation of actually uh, getting a neighbour and going, right, okay. The, yeah, you know is due. can you can you do this when the time is right and and obviously that she came a little bit early but yeah. ultimately you'd got them them preparations in place um which again is very similar to what we said previously about actually having things in place already um and then it makes your life easier doesn't it moving forward it really does it really does we came home and everything was rough, roughly textbook i'd say um, but it does happen. We all know it does happen that um, for whatever reason, you, you have to stay in hospital for longer than I was or 
the baby might have to stay in hospital for long enough. But there are, you know, there are a lot of things that could could create some complication. Uh, so to know that your your um, your dog is well looked after by someone who has accepted the responsibility, you know, full full and accepted responsibility of looking after your dog, even for longer, should it be the case, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a massive massive help. But um, if uh, if he's a professional, have a little money aside to know right it's gonna be uh, at the at the dog border for this time. So be prepared financially as well to go right. I'm gonna need that amount of money to you know in case I have to also stay a little bit longer. Um, so that you are you know you're prepared on that too, and you think oh my gosh I'm gonna have to stay three more three more days. I don't have the money or whatever. You had it aside so. Be organized, be prepared, and uh, you know, make sure that those things are in place. In case of adoption, things might be uh, obviously a bit different, mm -hmm. um, and there are different situations of, of adoption as well. Um, but again, um, the, the difference there is obviously that you won't have to be in hospital, but you might have to be away um, to you know to go and pick up the the, uh, the child, the baby. Um, so again, if you are unsure of how long you're going to be away for, uh, or that the first few days you might be too overwhelmed by it all, and you're, you know, still, although you might be emotionally super excited because it's, you know, it's finally time, whatever, um, emotionally can still be, you know, very, very big deal. So if you are worried and you think, I'm not sure, 100%, that I can, that I'll be able to manage a new baby and my dog, mm -hmm. even though I really wanted this and, you know, you had the time to think about it and so on. Again, don't be afraid to ask for help. Get a professional in or get, uh, or bring your baby, your, your dog to a professional. Uh, so uh, I mentioned a dog border. Uh, for if you don't know how to find one, if you go on your, uh, on the website of your uh, of your town of your council, there will be a list. So you can call the dog warden um, in your town, and they will have a list of your uh, licensed dog borders, uh, and that includes daycare as well. Um, and then you can you know you can contact the professional because they'll you know if they take you on that say is sure. If not, a friend, family, whatever. Don't you know whichever your situation whether. You, uh, I will, you know, will be um, delivering your baby, or whether you are adopting. Have things in place mm -hmm. um, and be ready just in case you do need that extra help. Yeah, sure, good stuff. And then, in terms of um, golden nuggets, so for our listeners, I always ask people that I interview on podcast golden nuggets. So, what would be your top tips for? actually introducing a dog to a child whether that's a newborn or whether that's an older child what would be your top tips top tips is to never force the baby or child to the dog or the dog to the baby or child so for forcing i mean that say that i'm i'm holding the child right got it on my lap or i'm picking him up or whatever or even just holding uh, her hand i wouldn't go let's go to the dog just as i wouldn't go come doggy come here come here and meet the child um i'm just gonna let the dog decide and go do i want to sniff this child am i curious 
do I want to, you know, have a little interaction or not? If the dog comes up to the child, I'll be kneeling down and oh, again, whatever, whatever interaction could be. If it's a baby, obviously I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be uh, holding the baby. But I'm going to let the dog decide whether he or she wants to smell the, the child, wants an interaction or not. That is definitely um, something that I would, I would strongly advise. Mm -hmm. um, that way, the dog feels in more in, uh, in, in, in control, if you like, the, of his own decision, because that would mean that he can decide to come up to you and the baby and sniff him, but it also means that he can back away. So if he goes by, okay, yeah, that, that was all I wanted to say. I wanted to sniff that dirty nappy that you really need to change now. But uh, that's, that's it. I don't want anything else. So the dog can walk away. And that will make the dog feel more secure, more confident, happier. There is no pressure. There is no stress. And that's exactly what you want. The same goes for the child, though. Not all children have that passion for dog like uh, I'm sure you had as a child. I, I had a dog mad already. But again, if the child is a bit too overconfident, I wouldn't say don't go up to They <laughs> just go up to the dog and, um, you know, for the best. But what you can do if he's a dog, they know, obviously, if he's a stranger dog, so say outside a shop or something, never, never approach those dogs. Mm -hmm. But if the if he's the, with his guardian, so you can ask, oh, do you have a, any toy that your dog like? Can I play with your, with your dog and his toy, for example? If it's a long toy, that's a nice one. Or if you're allowed to give him some treat, the child can throw some treat on the floor for the dog. If the dog knows any tricks, maybe we can ask the child to ask the dog to do some tricks of any kind, like a sit, a down, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But again, there is never pressure for the child to go up to the dog if the child doesn't want to. At the same time, we don't, um, we don't advise either for the child to approach a dog that he doesn't know, but we can uh, start an interaction with some games or some food or some something that the, the, the activity, an activity that the dog and child can do together and that is safe. These obviously always supervised. Fantastic, fantastic. I'm sure our listeners will take um, a lot from that because there's super, super valuable golden nuggets there that you've just dropped in there. So um, just to recap on them for you. So um, making sure that the interactions are safe from the dog and from the child make sure that neither are forced and if, if the dog wants to come and have a sniff let them have a sniff but they can also decide if they don't want to sniff they can just walk away and back off which is fine don't approach dogs that are left unattended um, and if you're looking for that interaction to start with with a with an older child rather than a baby then um, ask for ask the owner or guardian for for a toy that you might they might be able to play with and interact a longer toy so that they're they're away from kind of mouths and hands um, and throw treats throw treats to the ground so the dog starts to go oh okay this this child's okay and they're providing me with treats yeah they're all right and actually I might want to interact or get the child and the dog to interact on a different level of doing an activity or something that they can both do together. But yeah, is that, does that kind of summarise that? Up yes, for? it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fantastic. Good stuff. So Debbie, we're, we're kind of getting towards the end now. So um, what kind of um, what kind of courses do you run? Um, do, like, who, who are they for? So uh, as mentioned at the beginning, so Kids Around Dogs is uh, an association of professionals. 
So, but we are, we are accepting applications from all professionals, uh, dog professional, dog trainers, dog behaviorists, groomers, uh, massage therapists as well. Um, and uh, we, the courses that we offer, um, the, there are three main courses. One is a family life with dogs, and that goes from pregnancy or adoption of a baby or a child to the teenagehood of the, of the human. Uh, and that is if uh, that is if they're welcoming a dog into the, ham the, the home uh, where children already are, or if they are welcoming children in a home with dogs. Then uh, another course is uh, the protocol to overcome the fear of dogs in children. And this is a protocol that I designed myself over two years ago, and it's been very successful. So um, all Kadapru professionals learn the protocol directly from me. Uh, and our super latest course is uh, Dogs in Schools. We have noticed uh, a much increased number of uh, uh, school dogs. So they go into school and have children who might be a bit anxious about going to school, uh, who might not be academically uh, super keen. So dogs can help them to, to feel less, less shy, maybe, for instance, in reading or that they um, they might give them a bit more confidence. So dogs are uh, are very helpful for that. So uh, canine assisted therapy in that respect is brilliant. So there is this course that uh, helps a professional to know uh, whether a dog is suitable for this role um, and how to prepare the dog, how to prepare a member of staff and especially the children. <laughs> but we consider that very, very important. We consider all aspects of school dog life, even the logistic of the building, where they're going to be, and the rooms, where they're going to be, where should the dog stay, how much break should he have, you know, all these kind of things. And it's, it couldn't be uh, a better time because, like I said, we've seen a massive increase in, um, in school dogs, but unfortunately, they're either not being assessed at all. Uh, or not being trained and the, the member of staff are not knowledgeable on dogs, for instance, and then children are not also not being prepared or, or educated properly. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why Kids Around Dogs is here. So our professionals uh, are there for this as well to help schools and their uh, staff members and the children to, to have a fantastic experience with school dogs. So important. Brilliant. It sounds like, it sounds like a, an absolutely great course. I might have to support that myself. Um, oh, be lovely to have you. <laughs> um, in terms of how, how do people contact you? So if people are interested in your courses or just want to follow you, because I know you've got some fantastic videos, you've got some fantastic social media stuff. So how do people contact you? What, what, where do we contact you? What's your website and then your social media handles? So our website is kidsaronddogs.co.uk. But we are on Facebook, uh, Kids Around Dogs. Instagram is KAD, Kids Around Dogs. Twitter is Kids Around Dogs. We also are on YouTube, uh, Kids Around Dogs again. And uh, there are some lovely videos and we're working on, on adding more. It'd be lovely for anyone, any professional that like to join us. Or if you, uh, you know, if you have children going to school and you go, oh, it would be great to have a Kadapur professional you know, talking to our children in school or helping with the school dogs. We are all over the UK and we also have members in, uh, we are we are really branching out. So have a little look at our website, kidsaronddogs.co.uk and find a professional and type in your, uh, the, the name of your town or your postcode 
and the local one will come up so they you know we can help you uh, in person but if not get in touch with me directly as well and I'll, I'll, um, I'll look you up I'll find <laughs> I'll find a way to help you uh, so you can email on kidsaronddogs at gmail.com Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning, Debbie. Is there anything else is there anything else you want to add um, into the interview or are you happy that we've we've covered everything for you? I think we we covered quite a lot. I just will really like to to say what I I think might have transpired during our talk is that um to me it's really, really important. I think to every uh everyone that should be really important that we uh, care for our dogs and our children. So it's not just about making sure that the dog behaves kind of thing, but it's also really important that the child knows how to be around dogs and they understand dogs. So it really is, it really goes both ways. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning. It's been a pleasure interviewing you. And, and I look forward to, to having this podcast sent out. Um, so so that's all for today if you need anything please reach out you can reach out via the website so www.thedogscode.com we're on social media on facebook instagram youtube under the dogs code and if you've enjoyed the podcast then please leave a review feel free to share the podcast if there's someone that you know that will find it helpful for them and if you want to message me through the podcast you can just leave a comment below and i will be sure to get back to you so until next time it's been an absolute pleasure take care of yourselves and i'll see you then bye for now